the Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Hello, I'm Ken Crowther and this is the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast via BBC Sounds. This week, Tom Cold is my special guest, taking your calls on everything from hydrangeas, lilac trees and pesky wasps. We also have some top tips on things you could be getting on with in the garden, plus plant of the week. We go straight to your calls, and this week we start with Frank from Gallywood. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. It's, uh, I've got a hydrangea. I've had it ten years. Two years ago I cut it back a bit to make it smaller, but it started growing again. It's getting bigger and bigger. That's what they do, I'm afraid. Do they? Uh, yeah, they do. I mean, this is quite a, is it one of these large flowered hydrangeas? Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody likes it. Yeah. And has it really flowered well this year? Oh, lovely. Yeah. So we're cutting half of it. Yeah, but I wouldn't I mean, if you can live with it for the moment, do it in March uh, next year and uh, rather than just do your dead heading, so take off the old flower heads down to the first good pair of buds, you might want to take, uh, you know, a good number of those stems harder, but don't do them all hard, otherwise you'll lose the flowering that year. Yeah. So over mm-hmm. time, I think I just thin it out and, and do it on a gradual basis. But if you cut it hard, you've got wonderful foliage but no flowers. So it's a, uh-huh. it's a double-edged sword, really. There, there are big varieties and they're always going to want to get to that size, I'm afraid. I think yeah. I think you're right. If you do half at a time, yeah. it works well, doesn't it? Now, what, just because you said half, you have taken note. It doesn't mean that you to choose the right-hand side of the plant and cut it all down. You just go through it and cut half of them out. Yeah, take out all the older stems first. Yeah. How about that? Can you do that then, Frank? Yeah, I don't know how to do that. And then do I've it the year a, after. I've got, a, I've got another one I want to ask you. Okay. Okay, Frank. I've got azalea. Yep. It's in a shallow bowl or mm-hmm. sort of and I'd like to split it is it possible no no no, no. you <laughs> they're a plant you can't this it, it's, it's a not woody, herbaceous it's, no, yes it's a woody plant with a key stem you won't be able to you won't be able to split and divide it you can no. repot it Oh, can I repot it? You can it? repot it. Yes. That would be fine. I mean, make sure you get uh, lime-free or ericaceous compost. That yeah. would be fine to do. Uh, and that will give it a bit more vigour and a bit more oomph. Oh, good. Yep. Lovely. I'll do that. Thank you very much for your call, Frank. And that's Frank from Gallywood. And we go now to Cynthia, who's talking lilacs in Colchester. Is that right, Cynthia? Yes, that's right. Good morning. Um, we have a lilac tree, which is very well established and it's always been very healthy. But just at the moment, I've noticed that there are two or three really uh, older branches that have gone, well, it looks as if they're dead. They're very brown, very withered, and I really don't know quite whether to cut them out or whether I've scraped the bark and it looks quite healthy underneath, but um, I don't know whether to cut them out or to leave them to see what happens in the spring. Well, 
quite a few things are happening to our plants at the moment and some of some of that is fun- that's some of that's fungal it? and it just it can just attack odd limbs and they will die back some of it it's more physiological and it's because of the impact of the weather uh, we've been having not just this year but uh, sort of last Several year years, isn't it? And, and some plants do respond also in a way where they'll either brown the leaves or you get odd limbs dying back the fact you scraped it which is a really really good track check actually where if it's green inside it's still living mm-hmm. but because it's dying back i'd actually prune it back to where there's a probably a a, um, a more lush shoot or, or or a leaf that will tidy it up a bit uh, more but i don't think there's anything too sinister happening long term uh, but definitely definitely that's what i would do i'd actually prune out the the really poor limbs that you've got there okay right. cut them right out like yeah, right yeah. Out. either cut them to the ground or to cut them to where there's a new living growth, leaf basically. or shoot or new growth Right, okay, thank you very much. Yes, because they are quite big branches, actually. They're right down to more or less the ground, and they've just died. Well, it looks as if they've died anyway, but you say cut them right out. Yeah, take them out. I mean, you use, use a really good sharp saw, pruning saw for that one. Uh, but only do that if there is no visible growth. If you can see a limb on there that's actually really doing quite well, Go to cut that. it to that point. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. That's Cynthia from Culture, who's given us a call on 0800 111 here on the gardening phone-in. We go now to talk gooseberries with Peter in Boreham. Are they good gooseberries, Peter, today? Uh, no, I'm afraid I'm not, Ken. What are you um, doing wrong? Well, this is what I would like to know. Right. Now, I brought four gooseberry bushes um, from a very well-known um, quality garden centre. Good, yep. And um, this is the... They've been in now for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. They've looked good, but no fruit. OK, well, let's... Um, just out of interest, did, were they several varieties or were they all one variety? They were one variety okay. for, uh, for cooking, for gooseberry pies. For gooseberry pies. Nothing like a gooseberry pie, is there? Yeah, um, they're, you're dead right. Now, you've planted them. They're looking good. So they're looking, everything looking good. Now, the next question I know Tom's going to say is, are you pruning them? Uh, no. That's good. That's good then. That's good. I was dreading you so, saying so, yes, so I am. My, my, uh, so what goose, gooseberries flower on uh, previous and two-year-old wood or more? So if you've got the two, two and a half, so they would have had you would have had some growth when you bought it. So you you have got a selection of two-year-old wood or yeah. more. So I'd expect to have some flowers, therefore some fruit. Um, I think probably it's a plant that's it. it, it, it it's going to get nearly there. there. It's going to get there. I, I would actually think about at the moment. What is it? Is it sort of an open-centered shrub-type plant you've got? Is yeah, there a clear centre to it? Before, and I, I, I wanted to like make a hedgerow. Like, um, oh, I see. Yeah. Good years, idea. Yeah. Years and years and years ago, when my father was alive, um, we had beautiful gooseberries, and he made like hedgerows. Yeah. Well, and I this know. This is what I was trying to yeah. do, but they've just failed. Yeah. I, I think. Are you? My question. My quick question before he goes there is: Are you feeding them? Uh, no. That's good as well. It's all right. Because <laughs> you said they were lush. I'm thinking. Hang on. Are you overfeeding them? <laughs> right. Sorry, Tom. They're I, not I, feeding me. 
they're, they're not, not feeding you. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, think you're, I think you're fine, actually. I mean, I, a, I know okay. a couple of pick-your-own-farms that grow uh, gooseberries almost like a hedge-type uh, system. Mm. They just splay the branches down the rows. Uh, mm. So what they'll do there is they'll keep some of the key later- leaders, bend them over, tie them into a frame, tip them, like literally just taking the beer, mere tip off, and all the side shoots are coming off those. They'll produce they're, fruit, they'll, they? Well, yeah. they'll produce them off the main stem, <clears throat> but all those side shoots, they'll cut back to about two buds. <clears throat> now, that type of pruning, you don't do it now. You do that in a dormant season. But you'd so, leave these alone, wouldn't you? I would leave what you've got there alone. I would definitely come back sort of February time, do some initial uh, pruning just to tidy up the plant, and I would also, coming into March, I would give it a good general-purpose fertiliser, do a granular one, something like a grow more or Vitax Q4, something like 35 mm-hmm. grams a square metre, broadcast around that's a, that's it. That's a small handful. It is a handful. Put it, uh, Work it into the ground and put a nice thick organic compost layer, a mulch, around the base of the plant and hopefully you'll get something that coming year. If we have late frost though, the flowers are affected and that therefore impacts on the fruit. So talk to, I'll tell you what, talk to us in the spring and see whether you're successful. Late spring and we'll be able to perhaps give you a little bit more advice watching the yeah, weather that, as well. Okay? That, that, yeah, that's fine. Thanks for your help. That's a pleasure, Peter. And we go to Ruth in Rayleigh. Hello, Ruth. Hiya. Right, I've got um, quite a new garden because I had a house extension so I had to start from scratch. And I have had it professionally planted up by a trained horticulturist and everything's doing brilliantly except for the fruit bushes. And it's a massive um, thornless blackberry and it's grown so, so large. And I got quite a lot of it last year, even though it's the first year. But it's huge, but I've had six blackberries off it. It looks healthy as anything, nothing. And the same with the blueberry bush. I got quite a few off it last year. Absolutely not even one this year. And, so we... and the grapevine thing, the same thing, no fruit at all. But he did it properly, with, you know, with all good quality soil, compost, and a layer of um, bark chippings, everything you can do, train. Right, let's go, so let's go one at a time. One at a time. Blackberry, did you prune it? That's what you'd ask, wouldn't you, Tom? Yeah. Did you prune it last year after fruiting? No. Well, that's good then. Yeah. Because um, the what, the black, what the blackberry does, blackberries flower on last year's growth. So if you had had blackberries, the, the, pl- the part of the plant they came from, you would cut that limb right out to the ground. And all the new growth that's coming from the base is what's going to be tied in and trained in to give you the fruit the following year. Um, so I think when you're looking at a plant at the moment, if there's lots and lots of vigorous growth, yeah. that's a good thing. I think I'd actually... Is, Cut that have you got? Out, is, there, is there sort of like a wire system where the where that plant is? Is there something to tie it onto? Oh yeah, yeah I've got all trellis and he's trained yeah. it all in the trellis. It's all done. Everything's done right. In that Good. Way. Yep. So in, in the right place. I right. Okay. Hang on. So, so that's fine. Actually, I mean, it's more more. It could be to do with the fact the plant is young, but it could also be a weather issue. Um, I, I this think spring I, wasn't I, great for some fruits. No, I, I think I still persevere with it. Uh, with all three of them, actually. In fact, particularly the blueberry. Blueberries, do you, you just leave them for two or three years? You don't do any pruning at all on them. No. Nope. Uh, and then once you get to the third year, start. It's starting to crop on a more regular basis, and you just tip it. Tip it after pruning. So leave well alone, fertilise them in spring? Always in spring. Vitax Q4, something like that? Well, but with the blueberries, use use, um, something like um, an iron-based feed for the blueberries um, because they like um, acid Um, conditions, really. What's the grapevine done? Has it grown like mad or what? Um, 
quite mad. It, it, it's definitely grown, but no fruit, no nothing. <laughs> You might not get fruit straight yeah, you, away. You, don't get them, you, you won't get them straight away. Although technically, vines, they produce their flowers on new growth. Yeah. But the plant's got to be mature enough to actually start doing that. So I think you're in the early days. Train it. As it grows, train it along the trellis and then cut your laterals. When it so goes sideways, it, in other words, train it along. And if side shoots come out, just prune those back to three buds. What do you reckon, Tom? That's fine. And that pruning's not done until winter. That's, That's right. That's winter wait, pruning. Wait, November onwards. Right. Okay. Right. Thank you very much. Your That's... plants sound really healthy. So come back to us if you d if in the spring if you want a bit more advice, and we are here to help you. Let's look now at plant of the week. Now, plant of the week is going to be cyclamen hedrifolium. Yeah, it's an ivy leaf variety of cyclamen grown in the garden. It um, has gorgeous leaves. It's very vigorous once it gets going. Comes originally from the Mediterranean, parts of Turkey, and even the Pacific Northwest. Uh, what's nice about it is it flowers now, yes, autumn, September-ish, right through the autumn. The flowers have five petals, normally... Uh, white or pink, uh, with leaves, spectacular leaves. There's patterns of silver and different shades of green, even like a sort of miniature Christmas tree. They really are superb. In summer, uh, the flowers will go to seed, uh, the leaves die back, the seeds will ripen and they drop. And you'll get them spreading. If you leave well alone, they will spread really, really well indeed. So they're fantastic. You buy them. When do you buy them? Now you can buy them. They're easy to grow. They'll grow in partial shade, any sort of soil, as long as it's not soggy. I prefer to plant them sort of north or south facing. Uh, woodland areas, well drained. Simple as that. What you going to go out and buy? Cyclamen, hedrofolium. Eileen. Oh, good morning. Island in the sun. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> Not at the moment. It's like winter day. What can we do for you? Um, I've got a, a, a hydrangea. Yeah. And it's a beautiful mauve lace cap. This year, it's been covered, absolutely covered in scale. And I've, I've got rid of it, but the whole branches and everything is still white i've got hold of them and i've been just going powder it's just powder do i leave that on there or how do i get that off <clears throat> it doesn't it's, it's do a massive plant i'm do you think it is all gone it has all gone tom i think I'm, it sounds I'm, like some of it's died and you've just got the husks left on, the, right, on the stem left, yeah. so actually right. the pest has gone is it just um, that you don't like the look of the white? No, you can't really see it, but I know it's there. And I, I've been trying to get it off. I don't know what to do. What would happen if you took one of those limbs away that's got really... If you don't like it, you, there is one way of doing it. You could, you could remove that limb if you wanted to, but... Oh, the, the, it's all the, over. But if you've got all rid... All over. But I think what's happened is you sprayed it. The you pest has yeah, died. But the, outer, but the outer coating is still there. Yeah. It, but the pest has gone. If yeah. they offend you much, what Tom's saying is you could cut several of the branch, half of them even. Yeah, you could. The heavy branches out. If they offend you, if not, wipe them with a 
A wipe? Yeah, you can wipe them down. Use a oh, wipe. Is that all I do? Yeah, so yes. a cloth would actually clear oh, off any debris fine. from the stem. I didn't know what to do. Well, that, 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 would means, that means you... I've got a camellia, about yep. eight foot. Yep. And it's absolutely beautiful. Fine. Now, I'm frightened to touch it, and I won't let no one touch it till I've spoke to you. How do we, do we need to cut that down? It's like a tree. Right. Well, camellias are nice and easy to deal with because they're vigorous growers, aren't they, Tom? They and are. all you have to do is wait till after flowering. And then you can cut oh, them. And then you can prune it. And you can prune it then. But watch you don't prune it too, too hard because then you'll lose most of next yeah, year's flowers. beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. See, it's a beautiful camellia. It's Just lovely. prune it after flowering. Right. Well, they've finished the flowers a while ago now. No, so. no, 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 no. Don't next do it year. now because, because what it's doing is it's also set up its flowers for next year. So enjoy it next year after yeah. flowering, then cut it. Oh, OK. Yep. That's fine. And you'll have a fabulous plant. They are. That's <laughs> sorted the camellias out, hasn't it? Hydrangeas, camellias, and now we're talking... <gasps> We're talking pests with Bill from Ingrave, aren't we, Bill? That's right, yes. Um, last year, I don't know if you remember, I spoke to you about curdling moths on my on my apple tree. Right. Did you clear and, them? And and I put the little hut in there with the sticky band yep. in early early uh, April. Yeah. Yep. And I put the sticky band around the bottom of the tree. And this year, I have no curdling moths whatsoever. No curdling moths. See? See? Our advice You works. have used a pheromone trap, and it's yep. a brilliant yep. thing to use. Yep. Now, now what we got a problem with, Bill? Wasps. Oh. They've, eat, they've eaten most of me apples. Or well, they've attacked most of me apples. Now, remember, the, ap the wasp is secondary. Hmm. Always a secondary pest. Something has pecked the... Pecked. A bird has pecked bird or damaged. Bird yeah. Can't do anything about them. No. Well, someone was suggesting um, from, from me club that I put a, um, a, a used jam jar. My oh, dad used to You that. can use you a tapered jar, hang it up with a little bit My of jam or water in the bottom and they mm. will come in like there's no tomorrow and they'll just land in there and you can, and you can harvest buy, them that way, And you can you? buy them, can't yeah. you? You can buy traps for wasps the same. Oh, I see, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good idea. I mean, no, normally I, I can get like... Oh, up to 40 apples. It's, it's only a miniature root tree, but yeah. I up to put, but this year I managed, only managed to save half a dozen. Oh, that's <laughs> so, a shame, isn't it? Yeah, and that beautiful apple, you know, eating apple. Well, <laughs> Bill, get, get your wasp traps up early. Put them up in late July next year, Yeah. and then you'll be trapping wasps from that early period. Oh, that'd be good, yeah. But the thing is, we all do it. We, you know, we all do it. We wait, and then suddenly say, like, end of August, we're saying, well, they've been such a pest. And yeah. they, of course, wasps appear, don't they, end of July, beginning of August. They will do, yeah. yeah. OK, then, Bill? Thanks very much. Thank That's you. a pleasure. They are. Pheromone trap has worked for him, hasn't it? They are. That's particular pheromone traps for particular pests. They are. Libby from Billericay. Oh, hello. We're I'm throwing up about camellias again. I've got a large camellia. It's about... Nearly six foot tall, I suppose. Lovely. Is it all right to repot it this time of the year? Mm. Or when is the best time? I'd do it in the spring. Mm. It, it's in a pot already. That's what we're thinking. I suppose you couldn't hurt oh, it, could you? Uh, it's uh, been in there oh, a few years now. Oh, you could do it now. I, I, would, yeah. I would probably do it now, actually. Yeah. No, the next size up, uh, making sure you've got your lime-free or ericaceous compost, absolutely fine, and just make sure you, you really do water it in well. Right. 
And I did read on the... I went on the internet, you should water it before you take it out the pot that it's oh, in. Oh, very important. Yes, it'll make it easier for you. Don't overly water it. Do you tease it. the roots at yeah, all, Yeah, I mean, if, if the roots are... When you look at that root system, when it comes out of its original container, it's all twisted and they're going around in circles, don't be afraid to either tease them out right. or I sometimes just used a knife to just score through the root ball and that actually creates... Um, causes the root to branch out more so it will actually investigate the soil that's going into so yeah definitely tease out those roots it'll be okay to do it you know within the next couple of weeks absolutely fine absolutely yep. fine yeah no problem okay, at all thank you very much that's libby and don't forget that number to call is 0800 111 tom cole ken crowther answering your gardening questions here on the gardening phone-in on bbc essex bbc essex is available of course on dab fm am and not forgetting the BBC Sounds app. Take it with you wherever you go. Let's now go to Beverly. Uh, where's Beverly? She's from Canoodan, aren't you, Beverly? I am indeed, yes. I uh, am. What can we do for you, Beverly? Right. Well, I have a, a new laburnum tree. Um, I believe it was maybe one or two years old when I got it. Yep. I planted it in the spring. Well, early, very early spring. Um, it's produce a few leaves um, and one weird one right at the top but and a few leaves but no flower might not I do well, it flowers on older wood, so the plant's got to generate enough wood to support those flowers. So I think you're in the early days, really. Right. I think, you know, persevere with it. Um, don't prune. Yeah, no, they don't, don't just, like just leave it, really. Is it, has it got a nice clear trunk and then you get all the branches above that? Yes. And have you yes. staked it in the ground? Is it staked? It's in the tub. In the tub. It's in a tub. Okay, how big's the pot it's in? Um, two foot in diameter and two foot tall. That's sort of okay, but it won't be for for its lifetime. It needs to be a larger pot, really. Oh, and right. that could also be holding it back in terms of how mm. it develops. Um, and again, actually, you could do that now, or you could wait until the autumn uh, and yeah. do that. Uh, but no, the plant is, is, but it's a young bigger. plant. It's a young plant, so it's not, yeah. it may it could, not just flower straight could, away. You just buy a bigger pot. I mean, buy a, you can buy quite inexpensive plastic pots yeah. these days. yeah. But I, I wouldn't have the space to put it into. Well, it just like... means that it'll restrict its growth. It will flower. It should still flower, though. But it'll yeah. just restrict its growth a bit more. OK. All right. I'll see what I can do. OK, um, Beverly. The, the, top, the top bit of, of the tree um, has gone up very high. high to the There's a, a circle of... of of stems, but then there's this other stem that's gone up and looks like a letter Y. Should I cut those ends off down to Just the top tip. circle? Would you, 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 could, you could tip them. I mean, you, you could actually get away with tipping those now. Uh, it'd be absolutely yeah. fine. Okay. All Just right. take them down a couple of inches, that's all. All right? Right. Okay, <laughs> thank you. That's a pleasure. And we now go to Pam in Stanford La Hope. <laughs> Now, come on, Pam. I'm scared oh, no, to say the word, but what are you going to tell me we're talking about? Uh, that poinsettia. What about the poinsettia? Gosh. Well, I, I missed you last week because you should have given me a reply. And, and I had my family back from Turkey, so I missed you. Sorry. 
So now I need you to know mean what I've you to didn't do. listen? Didn't now? Come on, what about your family from Turkey? Why didn't they listen as well? They well, might have learned something about uh, the that, point city. Poss- that is possible, but it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> now it's interesting because I thought you were Linda from Jaywick, but you're not, are you? No, I'm not. I'm Pam from Stamford. And what Stamford did you want? Right, you tell yeah. me what you wanted to know, and I'll then tell Linda from Jaywick because she's sent us another message because we did talk about poinsettias last week, didn't we? I know Pam? you did, yeah, but I missed it. Sorry. What do you want anyway, to know? Anyway, uh, mine said twenty inches high. Yes. And it's twenty-four inches wide, and it's still growing. Good. I need to know what I've got to do now because I've stopped feeding it. Black bag. Yeah. Black bag and keep it in darkness for twelve hours. 12 hours, isn't it, Tom? Per day. So you need to put it 12 hours darkness a day. Now, that doesn't mean, as Linda from Jaywick questions me, she said, last week you said, if I put them in the dark with no light, leaves will go red. Yes, I did. What I want to know is how often would you water them? Well, you keep them ticking over, because if not, they'll die. So Mm -hmm. you bring it out and you put it away. So you put it away at, say, 6. If if you... What time do you get up? Six o'clock in the morning? No, five o'clock. Right. Put it to bed in its black bag in a cupboard somewhere if you can at six o'clock in the evening. When you get up, take it out and just treat it as if you're treating it normally. Oh, brilliant. And that answers, hopefully, Linda and Jaywick as well, doesn't it? Got any other tips for... Uh, you don't feed them this time of year, do you? Uh, not at the moment. No, you don't need to at the moment. No, no um, but uh, you do need to create that sort of dark period uh, mm-hmm. for them. Otherwise, those the bracts, the the leaf-like structures at the top, won't colour up. But so, but keep it moist. Don't not saturated. Just slightly moist. moist. Don't let it dry out. And see, hopefully that helps Linda and Jaywick as well, who we spoke to last week. Um, don't forget that number to call. There's a line free at the moment on 0800 4041. Let's talk gardening. Uh, Ray was saying about his sweet corn. Have you grown sweet corn this year? And if so, did you grow it successfully or did pests get it? Badgers love it. Badgers just love it. Right now on the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast, Tom has got some top tips on things you could be getting on within the garden. Tom, what you got for us? Well, now that we are heading towards autumn... I was going to say it is autumn, looking at the leaf. (laughs) And those herbaceous perennials are past their best. Uh, It's quite a good time, actually, to think about lifting and dividing them sometime in the in the coming months is it too dry at the moment it's a little think? bit dry i think um so i would actually i would think about it think about the ones you want to split and divide because they've got too crowded or they might have actually failed in the center you know things like the bearded iris they tend to die off in the center and all the good stuff's on the outside um so think about where what ones you want to lift and divide and then obviously where they're going to go and you're going to have a load free so you're going to be giving the way those away to your friends and, and family um, uh, but think about um, where they're going to go so there's a bit of design uh, for you there. And when you are lifting it, you lift up the entire plant, uh, roots and all, a little bit of soil around them. And then for division, it's about splitting them up into manageable chunks. So if you've got something like so a couple of foot across, then uh, you're probably going to get about three or four or, or maybe five good clumps that you can redistribute around how, your garden. How do you cut them up? I use a spade. Well, I it, it depends. I mean, some will freely fall apart. So they things do. like persicaria, they they tend to collapse. Uh, asters, on the other hand, a little bit more tricky. So I've either used a spade or I've used a kitchen knife. 
That works quite well, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And, and the same with Agapanthus as well. And I'm not so worried about the... F- I know they've got fleshy roots, and you've got to be a little bit wary there, but I try to... I do cut through those with kitchen knives, and there's no impact on the flower in the following season. So, you know, use what's to hand. Um, and you can, if you want to, do also put your forks interlocked back-to-back, push them together, and as a textbook tells you, they've the, the, the club collapses before your eyes. doesn't quite happen like that. No. Use a <laughs> Kitchen knife. Use a kitchen knife. Yeah. <laughs> What's your next one for us, Tom? Well, keeping on the same sort of theme of herbaceous, this is a, also a brilliant time to think about planting uh, bulbs mm. ready for spring and colour. And in fact, at the moment, things like the autumn flowering crocus are out. So that's a great plant to sort of maybe think about for next year. So you've got crocus sativus, which is the uh, <clears throat> that's the saffron one, isn't it? Yes. And then you've also got colchicum. Colchicum, yes. Which people we call autumn crocus yeah it's got a it's got a larger crocus type flower which Mm. flowers first then the leaves come up afterwards um so this is a great time to actually plant things like uh your your daffodils uh things like snowdrops uh, winter aconites uh some of the iris types as well get those into the ground but you know i'd work in some organic matter and if you are going to plant things like uh the crown head imperials uh, fritillaria imperialis it's a huge bulb plant it on its side at depth and then you won't actually get that water collecting in the crown do you put any grit or anything around them sometimes I've noticed I've noticed Monty does that no definitely with those because they are such a succulent bulb definitely definitely would put uh, sort of of grits or gravel and you know all your garden centres are also selling potted bulbs or corms or tubers so things like some of the cyclamen cyclamen coom cyclamen heterofolium they're all flowering at the moment and they'll give you flowers till March the Gardening Hour podcast on BBC Essex with Ken Crowther. Let's now go to Swaffham in Norfolk. We spoke to you before, haven't we, up in Swaffham? Yes, yes, I've always got problems. <laughs> <laughs> what can we do for you? Well, that gentleman that was talking about his apple tree, well, yes. I did all the right things. I had the pheromone trap, I had the grease bands, then the wasps attack the apples but I also noticed earwigs and I had I think brown rot as well so you've done well not, then really haven't you uh, no <laughs> not really no <laughs> so I don't know what I'm doing wrong <laughs> so what do you want the ham with the brown rot or the uh, or the earwigs the or... earwigs is that common yeah, in theory earwigs aren't a pest are they they're a secondary no, pest like the wasps. Uh, you know where not... the, the stalk meets the apple, they're yeah. all in there. Mm. Yeah, they, they're not really a pest. Of, they're, they're more of a pest to someone who's growing things like chrysanthemums mm, or dahlias cause, because they can shatter the flower. They nibble, don't they? Yeah, but yeah. With, a, with a fruit. Well, they're, they're, so there might be some nibbling, but it's usually, as we class the wasp, really, it's a secondary problem. Uh, that's come in, so I wouldn't be overly worried about it. The brown rot, there's not much you can mm. do about that, really. Uh, all you can do is pick off those fruit which are going that way or and pick up all of the windfalls and yeah. actually get those out of your garden system. Uh, and it's yeah. better hygiene and keeping it clean and tidy, but yeah. it's a it's a difficult, there can be a difficult one, and some yeah, cultivars it, it are more susceptible. It was a tree and it hadn't been pruned for years, yeah. so I gave it a bit of a pruning, but I think I'll just go mad this year and 
thoroughly. Well, be, 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 care, be, no, care, don't be careful on your... I would thin it out, but don't go overly wild because that no. what that can do is give you lots and lots of very unproductive wood, which means mm. that's at the expense of your flowers and fruit. So thin it out by all means because that allows lots of airflow through, which means less potential pest and disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the brown rot, I can't spray it with anything or anything like uh, that. No. No, there's, no. N- there's nothing on the market. It's just down to cleanliness, yeah. isn't it? And yeah. So, it's, so yeah. you're, you're pruning to the help in that. You're, it's yeah, really important yeah. that, uh, it's very, very important that when the leaves all fall, that you actually collect all the leaf up. That is yeah. so important. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't and think and I, I would, inc- you could incinerate it or put that into the Give municipal council. bins. Give it a yeah. council. They, like, they love brown rot leaves. Oh, do they? Oh, yes. <laughs> Anything to get them out of your garden. <laughs> okay, all right then. And is as far all... as the sweet corn was concerned, it wasn't very successful this year. I've always done well with my sweet corn, but this year the, they didn't seem to fill out. Right. Corn. I wonder if that's actually more of a moisture issue as much as anything else. Could well be. Uh, yeah, so when I the kernels. It might be just the weather wet. Kind well, of you've got you've got quite light soil up there, haven't you, in Norfolk? Uh, very sandy, yes. Yeah, so very it drains sandy. very easily. Yeah. Do you yeah, grow asparagus? It did very well last year, but there's some sweet corn. But this year, it's not very good at all. Do you grow asparagus? No, no. Because isn't it asparagus country up where you are? Mm. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. Oh, well, my cousin always <laughs> used... My cousin lived up there, and he always used to bring my mum and dad um, uh, lots of asparagus when it was in oh, season. Right. So. Oh, I don't right. know where he got it. <laughs> no, I'll have to give it a try. Yeah, he used to, he used to work when... Because they had a Brox firework factory there, didn't they? Yeah, I think you... I remember you saying yeah. that. Yeah. Yes, yes, they built right. They built a road across where that was, I think. Yeah, I'm they? not surprised. Well, they built road, a road all the way along the railway <laughs> line, didn't they? Yeah. That, oh, yes, that's right. Because yeah, yeah. there was a railway there at one time, wasn't there? That's right, yes, yes. All gone, all gone. No, now we're cut off. <laughs> yeah. OK, then, thank you very much for calling us. And you know where to come. You see, you get the best advice here on BBC Essex. And uh, we'll go to Yvonne in just a moment from Stanford La Hope. But um, Ron in Kent, he knows where to get the best gardening advice, you see, because he's uh, contacted us rather than the Kent he Gardening. He has, yes. Um, good morning, Ken and Tom. I purchased three hollyhock plants, Ooh. two and six foot high and in bloom. The one in the front garden is only 15 inches high in perfect health, has bushed out to about three foot wide. Have you any thoughts as to why this should be? Many thanks. Great program. <laughs> Uh, pushed out. I mean, that, well, the top must have been snapped, mustn't it? Well, Pretty possibly, bush. or it just might be a, a fluke or a mutation a on the freak. plant. Yeah, it's... He doesn't say he's got rust, though, does he? Well, he probably will have rust. Because <laughs> they're notorious. <laughs> they're lovely hollyhocks, aren't they? So but, really no reason yeah, at all. It, it could well be in a damage at the top, which has caused mm-hmm. it to go out sideways, which is, you know, there we are. Don't worry. Just be careful with hollyhocks, though, if you do get rust, which is a little sort of yellow-orange dots on the lower part of the leaves, and in fact the whole flower spike, the whole family, the Malvasi family, can be affected by that. So it's things like Lavatera and Abutilon. They can all be impacted on it. If you're worried about the spread of it, thin out the seedlings of the hollyhocks. Don't let them all flower and develop. So go for quality, not quantity, and allow some greater airflow through. Let's go back to the phones now and see whether we can help... Yvonne in Stanford La Hope. Hello, Yvonne. Good morning. Um, yeah, um, I've had a passion flower growing in the garden. Absolutely lovely, blooming. Everything was beautiful. I've been watering in it, you know, regularly when it's getting 
when it's got hot. And then all of a sudden, I watered it on Saturday last week. I got up Sunday and I looked at it and I thought, oh, it don't look right. Well, since Sunday, it's it's all the leaves are curling up. They're all crispy and dropping off. It, it looks horrendous. I don't know what's happened. It's not because it wasn't damaged at all, was it? It hasn't sort of suddenly fine, snapped at the base or no, no. All the leaves, all the um, from the base up, all the um, stems are, 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 um, are, are fine. They're all sort of twined round the the upright. But it just looks. Abs- it, I, don't, I don't know what. No, is it in the, in the fine. in the ground or in a pot? It's in a it's in a big pot. Um, growing up, um, uh, one of those. Um, I don't know what you call them. Then like, like a frame or something. Yeah, that's it. it grows up. It's growing up a frame. Right. Um, it's been absolutely fine. Um, but the leaves look compared to the one I've got out the front. I've got two exactly the same. The leaves out the front are like a really dark, like vibrant green. These ones are very, very pale and and look. Um, I don't know. It just looks really dishevelled and it's dying. It's just everything's dying. Right, I'm going to ask a question. If you put your hand in that pot, is the is it is it really sodden with water, or is it is the no, compost crumbly? No, all it is, it, it there's a little bit dry on the top, and then underneath it's just quite moist. Okay. You know, um, moist. It's moist. Water. No, it, it's, it's moist, it, not. Wet. It's moist so that if you picked up some of that compost and squeezed it in your hand... Oh, no, would it... it wouldn't all come out. Right, no, fine. No, no, no. You, you could have something in the pot that's attacking the plant that's causing oh. that. And at the moment, you have the, we have got vine weevil larvae. It's just emerging again. And it's a, little, right. it's a little grub. It's a little white grub. It's about a centimetre long, if that. Yeah. And it attacks the root system. And what will happen yeah. above ground is the plant would look like it's wilting, first of all. Yep, yep. So, so I would I would mm. get your hands in the container and just carefully pull the the soil away from the root system. Right. And if you see that, that's what you've got. And then you can buy a drench, can't you? Yeah, you can buy a drench for a product for vine weevil that you can water in and yep. that will kill off the that will kill off the actual pest. Exactly. The plant itself where it's got crinkly and dry Mm-hmm. I would cut that because that's not right. going to come back from that point. No, no. So you can remove the really unsightly bit. And the thing is, you know, passionflower is a very sort of hard-wearing plant. Yeah. But if it has anything attacking the root system, it sort of collapses. So right. I think it sounds like you've got vine weevil. It does sound like it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, very I much never so. thought that. Yeah. Okay, I'll have a go and just cut it. Cut the um the the. The, um, cut the worst out. Cut, cut the, the worst, worst out down to wherever it's growing from the base or from a new yeah. shoot. But yeah. in the meantime, go out to your good garden centre and ask for a product for vine weevil. Vine weevil. Thank you very much. Check all your other pots though as well. Yes. See that they're not attacking those. Just groveling the groveling the soil and compost. Now we've got an email from Noel Amor. Noel Amor. Noel Amor has sent us that picture of the weed which I have shown to Tom. Lived in the property for five years, now found the weed for the first time. It's extremely prolific and it, um, I have no idea what it is, never seen it before, despite being an avid gardener for 30 years, I'm still remaining identification purposes. I imagine I need to use a systemic weed control, but what about my grass? So it must be in the grass as well. Confirm the lawn is cut weekly and would expect that is why it's under control in the lawn. So he's controlling it in the lawn. 
So what he's got is um, it's, it's a synth it's a foil point, or a creeping potentiller. It's the potentiller, isn't yeah. it? It's a wild potentiller. In the, it shows it in the border there. Yeah. Now in the, border, in the border, you can touch it with use a. T- I mean, if you've got lots of plants, it'd be better with just to use one of the touch. Yeah, you can use round gel, up touch. Gel, yeah, gel. The, yeah, the gel-based products. As long as it just touch, yeah, touch that particular weed. I mean, every single junction on the stem, it will root. In a lawn, you've got to use a selective uh, weed killer. Now, now, um, I know Jeff last week was saying, "Well, you know, it's getting late for that." I don't think it is because we've still got a lot of warmth in the soil. There's still growth. For There's a month. still growth. I think you've got to about a month I would I would personally go out and buy a selective lawn weed killer and treat that area with that as well Noel so I hope that's helped you and that's from an email uh, so get out there and get rid of it because it is a real pain of a weed it's a real fog in the border. it's like a strawberry <clears throat> it drops runners roots very very quickly it smothers everything yeah mm. so roundup gel will get rid of it in the borders and use a selective weed killer lawn Weed killer. See, it's lawn weed killer. Don't put anything else on. Let's now go to Maureen. Leon C. Hello, Maureen. Maureen's got a radio, and I can hear you on my ra- on your radio. I've turned it off now. Good girl, Maureen. How can we help you? Yeah, um, I've got a, a, a honeysuckle growing up a wooden trellis. Yes. On the, on the wall okay. of the bungalow. Um, it's it's never been very good. It seems to fail every year. I've had it in there for about three or four years, and this year it, it just looked ghastly. So I just cut it all back. Yes. Um, I can't understand, you know, what's gone can wrong you, with it. Can you tell us what happens to it? Well, it it just doesn't flower very much. I mean, there are a few flowers, but not many. Yeah. And it, it's the flowers that have got like a red colour on them. Okay. And, um, it is, is it, and then it, it just goes um, all like powdery mm. on the stem. Powdery mildew. Yes. And and then it's it looks unsightly. All the leaves. So it's against a wall up. as well. Yeah. yeah. Walls, and, and it's and it's against the wall and is it facing south? Uh, what way is it facing? It's facing facing south but it's yeah. in a niche. So it's it's in the corner of two walls. Does it get much rain do you think? Um, probably not a lot. No. Which is why I think I you're getting... I do water it very well. But I think you're still... Mm. That's why you're still getting the powdery mildew. I mean, the honeysuckles are notorious for suffering from powdery mildew. Uh, and that's oh. a sign that there isn't... It's a, it's a combination of things. It's a sign of possibly not enough water. But yeah. it's also a sign that there's poor fertility in the ground as well. And it's and also... It's in, a, a, it's in the container. Yep. Yeah, so good. every time you water... Yeah. You're flushing out the nutrition, so you yeah. have to you have to feed more regularly in a pot compared oh, to in the ground. Oh, but I also, see. but also the pot itself. How big's the pot? Probably about thirty centimeters across. Yeah, you need twice as much. That twice oh, that. Oh, thirty. It might be thirty inches, maybe. Oh, 30 inches. <laughs> I'm right. not oh, sure. That, that's a little bit different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> thirty that, inches would be that, that's sufficient. Probably, that's probably about okay. That'd actually. Be and, okay. And the depth. Yeah. Oh. oh I, uh, Foot? I don't know. Two probably foot? about yeah, probably about that. Maybe eighteen inches. Yeah. So actually, yeah. the pot is fine, actually. Uh, but yeah. I think you need to water it more often and feed it more regularly. I mean, I've used things like tomato food. It's, it yeah. seems to be good for that. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, um, yeah. But you you will from time to time still get powdery mildew. The aspect is fine. South facing mm. is fine, actually. Mm. Um, I mean, if it's looking really tatty, I've I've ended up cutting them down by half or even yes. three quarters. You can be quite ruthless with them. 
Oh, I'll take the stems down. Yeah. What yep. I've done, I've cut, I've cut off all the foliage right back to the bit, the wood. Right. Um, but the wood, of course, has twined itself in amongst the trellis. It will do. Um, it will do that. Quite difficult to cut it out, I would have thought, but now, I'll have a try. And if you've got no leaves on there, this is a, no, this like a double-edged sword no. now, because if you've got no leaves on it, it doesn't take up the water so much, so be careful on your no. watering. Don't mm. overwater. Back to your calls, texts and emails very soon, but let's take a final look at the top tips Tom's got for us. Uh, it's all about edibles, Ken. Uh, this is the time to uh, start, or you might actually be finishing, uh, picking your autumn raspberries. Uh, some have been a bit early this year. Uh, so pick those, and then you can prune. You can prune at the centre. You don't have to wait until the dormant season. Uh, you could actually choose to prune to the ground your autumn raspberry types, literally leaving at least a cup, an inch or so from the ground. And if you've finished actually pruning your, uh, sorry, harvesting your summer fruiting raspberries, which most of us have, then you can prune those. Take out the old fruited canes to the ground and then tie in well-positioned mm. uh, vegetative canes, a fist apart, tied very, very securely to the support system. And all the other ones you can't position, cut right out, and also cut any suckers out uh, in the path. So, there you are. And another one I would think of is also looking... Well, leafy veg. Oh, It's just to protect it a bit more from those uh, pigeons. So think about covers. Uh, So you might have things like shard. If it's not being attacked by the slug and snail, it's going to get attacked by the pigeon. Uh, So make sure that's covered. And all your brassicas, I always say with brassicas, cover them right from the outset. As soon as you put them in, make sure they're covered with a very tiny, uh, fine mesh. So it doesn't just stop stop pigeons. It also stops flea beetle and the cabbage whites, butterfly, large and small, and the moth. So plenty to do in the garden. Yeah. Thank you very much, Tom. Let's look now at some of the events around the county. Now, remember that you can get your event talked about, discussed, and more people along to it if you let us pop your event on here on the BBC Essex Gardening podcast. Send them along to ken.crowther at bbc.co.uk or pop them in the post to Ken Crowther, PO Box 765, Chelmsford, CM29XB. So what have we got on? I tell you what, gets a bit less at this time of the year, but uh, the Flower Club, a meet at the Community Centre in Coggleshaw, Yes, and uh, that starts on September the 17th at 7.30. Anne Bell from Little Canfield is doing a display entitled From Me to You. That's the Community Centre, Coggleshall Road, CO59QB, on September the 17th. So that's one to not forget at all. Um what else is happening? Well, I'll tell you what else is happening because I've just moved a bit of paper. And there's a houseplant weekend. Houseplant weekend next weekend. Uh, that's the 14th and 15th. And guess where that is? That's at Hyde Hall. Now, Hyde Hall um, is at Green Creep Hedge Lane, Rettenden, CM3, 8RA. And still, don't forget... That giant caterpillar's there to celebrate the 50 years of the uh, Hungry Caterpillar as well, um, when that was written. Willow sculptures of apples and pears there in the vegetable area, so go along there. But don't forget, that houseplant week, that a lovely weekend, 10 till 4, 14th and 15th of September. 
worth going to see. And a reminder, their autumn plant fairs coming up as well, 21st, 22nd of September. Go over to Mark's Hall. The Arboretum is starting to look very autumnal. Uh, that's in Coggleshaw, Brown Sign, CO6, 1TG. Beautiful heritage garden, well worth a visit. So they are. There's some of the events that are going on. And, uh, oh, we did the Orsett Show because that's, uh, that's Saturday and I've done that and I've been there. So they are. I tell you where I will be and you tell me where you will be. That's the events section of the podcast. You had a oh, second question for us, Maureen, yes, didn't thank you? Thank you, Ken. Um, yeah, I've got a, a eucalyptus growing as a shrub, really, in, in a container. That's fine, yeah. Um, uh, uh, somebody I knew didn't want it anymore, so they gave it to me. But um, it, it's done quite well. It's been in there about two years, I suppose. But this year, a lot of the leaves have gone a sort of a, a beige colour. And, and gone very crinkly, sort of falling off. I, I wonder if I need to take it out and put it in the ground. Well, maybe. they're very they're very vigorous, aren't they, Tom? And it would struggle a bit in a pot, wouldn't it? It oh, would also. And also yeah. the weather's, weather weather has caused the same sort of yep. uh, effect on a lot of other plants as well. Oh, so oh, that right. intensity of light and sunlight does actually scorch and burn. So I'd, ex- oh. I'd expect that a little bit. But it oh. it is a plant that's difficult to, I think... I mean, you, you can constrict it always within yeah. a pot, um, but I think you'll be struggling a lot with, with water. Oh, yeah, yeah. It does seem to dry out very, very quickly. Mm. Mm. So unless you put it into a larger pot or you yeah. put it in the ground, but you look after it very, very carefully because once it gets in the ground, yeah. it'll want to grow absolutely crazy. Oh, will it? Oh, OK. I probably won't do that then. I'll just keep it in the pot and I- you could plant the pot well. in the ground. Yeah, you could do, actually. Oh, and that will right. restrict it to a certain degree. Oh, and yeah, then just yeah. cut it and cut it every... Yeah. What would you call it? May time? May uh, time? Yeah, in May, in, in May. the growing season, and you'll get, you'll get that lovely, vibrant foliage. What do you mean, cut it back? You can or... cut it as much as you like, really. In oh. May, you can, just, you can be ruthless with it. In fact, if you've got a fully grown eucalyptus tree that's got perhaps a girth of something like 15, 20 inches, you can cut mm. it down the ground and it still sprouts. Yeah, it takes a little oh. while. It takes about a month or so before anything emerges, but They're amazing. it suddenly comes back. So that'd be a good idea then next May if I cut it, cut it back. Yeah, cut be, it back a bit. Be really yeah. hard. Yeah. Be hard. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks ever so much. Pleasure. Thank That's you. Maureen from Leon C. And we go just down the road to Yvonne in Westcliff. Didn't we speak to Yvonne in Westcliff just now or not? No? No. Oh, it was another Yvonne. No. Oh, That's it? it. She was in Canby. I remember. You're in okay. Westcliff. You're up the posh bit, are you? Anyway, <laughs> Yvonne, how can we deal with you? Um, I've got a plant. I don't know how to pronounce it, but roughly speaking, it's called. Eregon Stallone, and it's um, a profusion of little white daisies, gradually aging to pink. Yeah. Um, I bought this plant last weekend in a pot, um, and it's quite, it was quite an expensive um, plant, and I'm wondering if I can separate the roots so I've got two plants instead of one. Uh, you've got a lovely plant there, actually. Erigeron. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a daisy-like flower. Yes, that's right. Yeah, right. and it does go pinkish, doesn't it? Yeah, you get you get lovely daisy-like flowers, and you get these lovely pink tinges to it. Um, yeah. it it's a carpet-forming plant, so in fact, it will help you out itself by propagating. It'll actually layer itself. 
right. and so you can if if you look at it at the moment you separate you, it now would you I'd let it grow no I'd let it grow and develop and then think about maybe splitting mm. up and what it will also do is it will like to seed itself all over the place oh. um, so it's actually I mean in parts of the I mean I went out to a garden in Leeds the other day and it's they use it as a lovely little edge to a border yeah. And all they do there is you get the shears at the end of the season right. and just cut it down by half. Yeah, we've, we've got one in a garden that we look after and it's, it's in a square and it's done just the same as that. It's a nice plant. It keeps... It, it does keep the weed its, coming, It does, it? actually, but it, it smothers and you, you, you can actually get flowers right up into December. Mm. Good. OK, so once I've, I've planted it and it's established itself, so at the end of uh, next summer, yep. can I then split it if it, ha- if it hasn't... Um, generated any more plants? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you will be probably splitting it anyway. So October, November is a good time to do. End, end oh, of September, going year, to October. Yeah. yeah, leave it for the moment. Let it let it develop, and then yeah. lift and divide it and split it up. But while you're planting it, mix yeah. some compost into that soil around it, so right. that under the carpet of it, because it, it it drops down onto the ground, you've got a lovely rich soil mix of compost and soil that it can root itself into oh, and that okay. would help it oh good that'd be lovely i'll do that that's easy um i've got another question if you can got time no to problem at all it. yvonne yes we'll um, fit you in i've got some really lovely uh, hydrangeas in my garden mm-hmm. and they're over 20 years old and they're very tall and they're becoming too tall i know you're only supposed to um uh, cut the third off when you um when you've trimmed them every uh, autumn or summer um, if I cut them down to the ground, would I kill them? No. You'll but, get, you'll get, you'll, go on then. There's got to be a but. You there there cut, is a but. There is a but. Uh, Come on, do the but yes, then. Yes, yes, you can. Cause I know you won't kill them. <laughs> you won't kill them, but you'll get, you'll get some lovely foliage next year, but you'll but get no, no flowers flower. until the following season. But it is quite, that's, that is one way in which you could do, you could do that. But I wouldn't do it that Pers- way, neither per- would you. No, personally what I'll do is take out the very, very oldest, thickest stems right to the ground in April next year and um, I would actually maybe thin out the remaining stems as well uh, by just taking them down by about half and then retaining some of the others with height so I'm just deadheading so it's a combination of things deadheading reducing some by half and taking the oldest ones totally out so you'd possibly be leaving at least a third right Doing the same thing that you've always done. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And the rest you're treating. And then, out and I, I'd be reasonably safe. Yeah. yeah and then next year you do the same again and take out okay. all that old wood. Yeah. And yeah. then you've got the replacement wood that has come yeah. up through this next year. And that should keep it right. manageable as a size of plant. Okay, that's lovely, and I'll still get some flowers next year. You will do, you yes. will. Yeah. Right, thank you very much for your help, I appreciate it. It's a pleasure, that's what we're here for. It's the uh, gardening phone-in team. I can squeeze in one more call, 0800 111 if you've got a, a call for us. I've got lots of pictures. Um, I can sort of show you, but it, 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 it's, it's basically, it's a rowan tree that's not very sort of, happy i mean that doesn't show it that well it's a uh, i'll show this one that shows it it's a bit thin on the ground isn't it it is a bit sparse yes isn't now it? it's obviously a rowan or a mountain ash of some sort mm-hmm. we don't know what it is um there's no text with it at all uh which is a bit peculiar and i don't think i've got a text that matches it even come to no um it just says subject rowan and it's from k so, Kay, thank you very much for your pictures. It's not happy. Um, 
Do you think so often people... Do you think... Right, firstly, staking. I watched a bit of Alan Titchmarsh the other day and he said, oh, no need to stake this, it's a sheltered spot. I still believe that a short, angled 45-degree stake stops that root shaking and gives the plant a much better chance of establishing, don't you? Uh, yeah, short stakes. Yes. Uh, and then the tree an is angle. able to, yeah, the tree's still able to respond to windy conditions, which strengthens the stem anyway. Yes, yep. Um, so I, I would there... I would Do actually. Do you think that's some of the problem? It hasn't because it hasn't got a stake. It's just abandoned there. Well, I don't. I, that that could be lots of different reasons. It could be that it's the soil is not particularly good. Not or, happy. Uh, there's not enough moisture. What are we going to do to help that? Well, you can't would prune you? it at the moment. You've you got to prune it in the dormant season. But you could try and prune those laterals, the side. They've got nothing on them, have they? You could prune them to a, a junction in, in the winter period. And hopefully, what might happen in the spring is they shoot out from that point, or they shoot out further down. So you can start to coerce into growth, yeah, and then give it a good feed in in spring. And what would you feed it in spring? Something like grow more, I think. Uh, good good balance. A handful, a handful of that around around it, and that's and no work trouble it in, at all. work it in as well. So that's no problem at all. Uh, get that done. So they are whoever that was that sent that. Uh, thank you very much, Kay. Uh, even though you don't actually say who you are, but we won't worry about that. Um, When's the best time to cut back my Kilmarnock willow? Now, they really produce some dead growth underneath, don't they? Dead when... growth take out any time. Yeah. But, I mean, I probably wait until around about February, March, but when actually it's and starting they... to look pretty good. They then. are, aren't they? So what, what do you, what do you, how much do you cut out and how do you cut it out, Tom? Well, all the dead wood cut out as far as you possibly can. And then what, what I try to do with that one is thin out, thin out carefully... Because if you overly cut, you can get actually some quite upright growth, and you want right. a weeping Flat. type tree. So where you might have three or four limbs that are growing quite close together, take out the oldest one. Okay, that sorts that one out. And we'll fit in Shirley from Billericay briefly. Hello, Shirley, what you got for us? Hello, I have a, a rhododendron that's quite old, about 30 years old, and it's looking very... Um, it's only getting... Um, leaves and flowers on the end of the branches. Oh yeah, yeah. So could I cut it down? When would you would you cut it down, Tom? And when would you cut it down? After flowering, I might do some thinning out and pruning then, which would be when does it tend to flower for you? May. Yes, about that time. Yeah. So after after May. After May. I mean. No, I wouldn't do it at the moment. No. Because it's actually developing flower buds for next year. So I'd enjoy next year's flowers, come back to the plant, and what you could do is is trim down to where there is new growth. But I'd be a bit wary to cut it all Too the way hard. down. Because third, I don't know if it's been grafted or not. Cut a third off. About so. a third. Third to a half, and then give it a blooming good fee. Tom recommends, say, something like a grow more, would you? Or would well, you? I'd uh, use something like a maxi crop, maxi uh, seaweed based iron feed. Would be good. Okay. Uh, we did the Kelman Willow. Hi, Ken and. I'm sorry, it says Jeff, but. Hi, Ken and Tom. I need to cut dead <laughs> flower stems from both English and French lavender plants. How far back should I cut them? Thanks, Rob. Now, I always say that depends on how they did it before and how old the plants are so let's give a rough idea how how when would you do it do it now take the flower spike down into where there's new active growth doesn't matter if you cut a bit of that new growth off nope. does it uh yeah you need to lose a little bit of that to keep it the same sort of size and that's it you could do it now or you could wait till the spring and do it 
Okay, so that, that's really the, that's, that's the that's way to do it. That's all you need to do, yeah. It's as simple as that. But do it every year. It's so important to... Otherwise you'll get too much woodiness and it doesn't, re- doesn't really grow from wood, uh, old wood, really. Thank you very much for listening to the BBC Essex Gardening Hour podcast. Don't forget that if you missed any of the answers to the questions we gave, download this programme, take it with you on the BBC Sounds app. Remember as well, if you have a gardening question... Give us a call on 0800 4041 and be part of the programme. Yes, every Saturday morning on BBC Essex from 11 o'clock. 